What up, TTK Potters and Landry Football family? It is Sky back with you for another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Landry Football Network. This is episode 241 of the TCK Pod and episode 6 of the TCK Pod on the Landry Football Networks. Today, I am rolling solo once again. If you were tuning in yesterday to our uh, broadcast, uh, I mentioned that Lucas, my usual co-host, um, unfortunately is out of power as many people in the East Coast and the Midwest are. Uh, I'm a West Coast guy. I live in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so we are sunny skies out here, but uh, a lot of storms going on in the mid in the Midwest uh, and also in the East Coast. So we wish everybody out there uh, safety and uh, we wish you full power and health again soon. Times are tough enough right now that, um, you know, the simple amenities and, and privileges we have, most of us anyway, to uh, just have basic power and, um, you know, cold food in our refrigerator and, uh, you know, easy accessible things like that, like light switches and microwaves and fresh water and things that we take for granted until it's no longer, um, you know, at ease. So uh, Lucas is not with us today. Um, he has another day off here. Uh, we're actually bringing in Chris Benavides again, who y'all met last week uh, from the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. Good friend of the program, great friend of mine. He is going to be coming back on tomorrow to discuss our wide receiver rankings. Today is running back rankings, of course. Uh, backpacking on yesterday's uh, rankings of the quarterbacks. And Lucas uh, will be possibly back on Thursday, but uh, we might just give him the this week off here. Uh, there's there's bigger fish to fry in the world, and we want to make sure that he is um, – happy and well and taken care of and everything else. So uh, Lucas may just get the week off this week, but I'll be rolling solo with you. I'll bring in a guest when I can and uh, we'll make it happen. You know, we'll make it happen. The rest of the football world is calling audibles right now due to COVID and other things. College football is really up in the air for now. Some leagues have shut down. Others are pushing forward. The NFL seems to be a go first game between the chiefs and the Texans coming up in a month from last night. Hopefully, um, high school football could happen, could not happen. We'll see what goes down. But you can catch all of those updates on the Landry Football Network. That's LandryFootball.com. We have high school football coverage, NCAA coverage, multiple broadcasts, every division, every conference, every team in college football is covered on multiple networks. And also we have NFL proper coverage here as well and uh, we are your lone fantasy football network channel so if you're tuning in make sure to jump into the comment section here get your live comment up and i will be happy to um, chat with you as we go along here and break down these rankings and make sure to also follow us daily monday through thursday six to seven eastern time on twitch.tv slash chris landry football that's where you can catch the candlestick kids fantasy football podcast for you tck potters out there used to listening to us on all of our networks that's tckpod.com where you can get our draft guide and you can also find us on instagram at fantasy football underscore tck pod and on twitter at tck underscore pod but also you can follow us anywhere uh that you watch youtube and podcasts as well the candlestick kids fantasy football podcast aka tck pod all right, y'all, it's a lot of information. What I want to do today is I want to jump into piggybacking on yesterday's breakdown, which was the quarterback rankings. What I want to do today is break down the running backs. Now, as I mentioned yesterday, running back or rankings in general, I think, are something that get a little bit blown out of proportion in general in the industry, but I think they are important to use. And what I mean by that is when I am drafting, I am looking for 
you know, sometimes you're splitting hairs with certain guys. I'll let you know who a lot of these players are tight with between Lucas and I. At the end of the day, though, I need to make a decision. So rankings then come into play. Uh, strength of schedule comes into play. Opponents' first couple of weeks come into play. Offensive scheme, new teammates, position battles, defensive um, strategies, coaching changes, all these things come into play when I'm talking about rankings. They're not the end-all, be-all. Sometimes I do pick a guy lower than a guy I have ahead of him, depending on the situation, depending on maybe a need I need to fill on my roster. So they're not the end-all be-all, but they are important for us to take into consideration. So today that's what we're going to do, and we are going to break down our running back rankings. So let's dive into that. And again, as we did yesterday, I'm going to break down not just my rankings, but these are Lucas and my consensus rankings, as well as some other team members here on the TCK pod that you're going to get familiar with over the next few weeks as we dive into the season. And basically, I've just taken the averages of where we have all these guys, and I basically set up into a consensus ranking. So I'm going to run down the list here of the top 20 consensus running backs. And then on the back half of this, uh, our rankings start getting pretty scattered at that point. So I'll run through a handful of names here and just let you know how I feel about some guys. But again, if you're tuning in right now and you're live on the Twitch network, then please jump into the uh, comment section and I can bring up your comments if you have any questions on a ranking or maybe you're looking at format. I am going to go down PPR, full PPR here. These are my rankings, but if you play a non-PPR, half PPR, other things like that, um, feel free to bring it up and I will more than happily uh, cover that and bring it up on the screen and we can we can get into it. So without any further ado, let's jump into this. All right, so consensus number one overall, Christian McCaffrey, nothing to argue about here. Lucas and I did a buy or sell segment last week and we brought up in the running back section last Tuesday, buy or sell, Christian McCaffrey finishes again at the number one. We both bought it. We both believe that he is far and away the best fantasy asset. Now, is he the best overall running back in the league? I think that's debatable. I think he's certainly up at the top, but I think it's debatable with some other guys. Is he the best fantasy asset with the workload he has gotten the last two years and also set to get in 2020? I do believe so. So we're going to take Christian McCaffrey, consensus number one, no surprise there. At number two, this is interesting because there's kind of a tie at number two. If we're splitting hairs, we're going to go with Saquon at number two, but Alvin Kamara also um, has an average of uh, number two and a half so both Saquon and Alvin Kamara actually tied at three. I have Alvin Kamara at number two. Lucas has him at number four. We have uh, Saquon Barkley at three, both of us. So they kind of both average out, but we both do have Saquon Barkley at number two then uh, with an average behind um, Alvin Kamara there with two and four. So we're going to go CMC, Saquon, and Alvin Kamara as our top three. Again, we're talking full PPR right now, right? So if we're talking full PPR, then we give the edge to Alvin Kamara over Zeke. Now, this is interesting because Lucas has Zeke at number two. I have him at five, okay? Um, there's no knock to Zeke necessarily. I love him as a player. I love the situation. But again, in a full PPR league, I give the edge to Alvin Kamara, 81 receptions the last three seasons. He was playing at 75% last year, was on pace to have 100 receptions last year. Saquon Barkley, two years ago, he was tied for number one with Christian McCaffrey up at the top. I could see him doing that again this year with a full season. Also played with a high ankle sprain. Both those guys heavily involved in the passing game, also getting plenty of work. They're also both the goal line backs. They're basically three down backs. So there's nothing to complain about here with uh, Alvin Kamara, Saquon, and Zeke. In my opinion, though, Zeke has the most 
competition um, with uh, obviously uh, all the receivers there, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and now CeeDee Lamb, also Blake Jarwin and Dak Prescott himself, who's going to run the ball. Saquon Barkley, in my opinion, also has more competition than Alvin Kamara there because Daniel Jones is going to run the ball. They've got four quality receivers. They've also got Evan Ingram to take away reception. Saquon's going to get his, but I'm worried that there's not necessarily enough volume to put him in an upper echelon. Saquon's a beast. Zeke's a beast. I'm not hating on these guys. I just think in full PPR, if everybody stays healthy, I'm going to give the edge to Alvin Kamara, who basically is – you know, it's Michael Thomas probably who they're running the offense through, but it's also Alvin Kamara as well. And arguably, maybe he is more of a focal point. Now, there is Latavius Murray. I certainly uh, value that. However, we didn't see Latavius Murray do much until Alvin Kamara got hurt. When he got hurt, weeks six and seven, Latavius Murray had 32 and 33 touches, respectively, easily the number one running back over those two games there. So, the offense is there. Sean Payton's running backs are constantly in the top 10. There's only been a couple of times over the breeze Payton era that the running backs have not scored 20 plus touchdowns collectively. So I expect that to happen again this year. Let's not forget Alvin Kamara had 18 just two years ago. So I think that bounces up from six. So consensus, we're going to go CMC, Saquon and Alvin Kamara, but Saquon and Alvin Kamara are both at consensus number three average wise, but right behind Christian McCaffrey, but I will take Alvin Kamara and Lucas will take uh, Saquon in order there. Then we dump down, as I mentioned, then we have Zeke Elliott. So Zeke Elliott here, number two for Lucas, number five for me. Again, not hating on him. I just would rather take the other three above him. After that, we have Dalvin Cook signing in at number five. He averages out to about a five and a half here. I've got Cook at four and Lucas has him at number seven. Now, I think a lot of this has to do with, do you agree that he's going to be healthy for, let's say, even 14 games, right? Dalvin Cook has been incredibly efficient and an absolute monster when healthy on the field. They lose Stephon Diggs to Buffalo. I think that's honestly just more targets to the running back position. I do like Justin Jefferson, rookie out of LSU coming out. I think he's going to be great in this office eventually, but without a regular offseason, it's going to be Adam Thielen all day long. The tight ends, I think, are going to get more work early, and Dalvin Cook is going to get more work early. So I think that that gives him a boost, in my opinion. But, of course, you can certainly make the case that you're worried about his injuries, but also this holdout situation. Personally, I don't think it's much of a conversation. I just don't see him holding out. There's no value for him to hold out these days with the new CBA. So collective bargaining agreement. Um, I just don't see it a benefit for Dalvin Cook to hold out. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. So Dalvin Cook comes in at number five collectively for us. After that, this is interesting. So Clyde Edwards Hilaire, number five for Lucas, number seven for me, slides in at number six here ahead of Derrick Henry. This is interesting. Um, I could see Clyde Edwards Hilaire because the profile, Andy Reid's running back, this offense, everything we saw Sheedy McCoy do for years, Jamal Charles do for years. Um, Kareem Hunt, as a rookie in 2017, led the NFL with almost 1,400 rushing yards. He was the number four running back overall as a rookie. I could see C uh, CMC, CEH, Clyde Edwards Hilaire getting that into the top five. For me, it's just, again, odd offseason. Damian Williams did opt out, which is huge for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, obviously, but they do have a couple other running backs there. So we'll see what kind of workload they actually give him if he's a true third down, uh, three down back. I think Lucas is absolutely right that he should be top five, absolutely. But if it's more of a timeshare with Darwin Thompson, potentially Darrell Williams, 
and Clyde Edwards Hilaire in that uh, top three there um, for the early downs work. And then Clyde Edwards Hilaire maybe handles the receiving work on third downs. I think that's going to temper his workload a little bit, but I mean, to put him in the top five, I think is absolutely reasonable, especially in a full PPR league. So he does jump into the top six here for us consensus. Next, we have Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry slides in for uh, number eight for me and number six for Lucas here. I'm fading him just a little bit. Again, this is full PPR. So I'm fading him just a little bit because of his lackluster performances in the passing game. I just don't see it happening very often. So I'm going to fade him just a little bit, but we know what he can do absolutely destroyed the last two seasons over the back half of the season. The number one running back um, from week 10 on last year was a beast in the playoffs, almost got the, uh, the Titans to the Super Bowl there. And the Titans were the number one offense down the stretch as well behind Henry and Tannehill. So could he get top five? Absolutely. Um, if he were to catch even 30 balls, which is nothing, <laughs> if you were to catch 30 passes, I think Derrick Henry would easily be a top five running back. However, because he doesn't and because these other guys do in a full PPR format, I do have Derrick Henry behind uh, the big five, but also CEH and Joe Mixon, who comes in at number eight. Now, I have Joe Mixon at number six. Lucas has him at number nine. He slides in right behind Derrick Henry, but ahead of Nick Chubb. And again, this is do you believe in the Bengals offense? I do. I believe in Joe Burrow right away. Even with the funky offseason, I get it. I'm fading him a little bit in fantasy because he's going to make mistakes. I think they're going to have him do a lot of check downs. They're going to kind of have him slow play it. So I think in fantasy, you know, again, I mentioned yesterday, he's he's kind of in that in that 20 range. But as far as what he can do for this offense and what this offense is going to be able to do for itself with all these weapons and running through uh, Joe Mixon and, and company, I think they're going to be just fine. So for Joe Mixon, for me, Number six back over the back half of the season last year. Number 18 over the first half of the season. They finally started feeding him. A.J. Green is going to be back. I know that hypothetically that takes away touches for Mixon because they should be throwing to him more. I would argue, though, that actually with A.J. Green being a deep threat, Tyler Boyd over the middle, John Ross is a deep threat, Auden Tate, who beasted last year, 6'5", um, and uh, newcomer T. Higgins, who I love out of Clemson, I think all those guys are going to be opening up the uh, middle of the field and they're going to be bringing back um, that box last year that was able to stack against terrible quarterbacks and especially when Jonah Williams went out to start the season there. So I think Joe Mixon does have the linebackers and the secondary back up a little bit to respect the pass. I think that opens up more running lanes. I think that the Bengals realized later in the season last year that Joe Mixon can be a quality receiver. I think they should use him more in the passing game. Therefore, I'm going to keep Joe Mixon in my top six ahead of CEH. Now that could change a little bit as we see the offseason progress here through August. But right now I've got Joe Mixon at number six. Lucas has him at number nine. He just doesn't believe that Jonah Williams single-handedly is going to come in. Basically still a rookie because he misses rookie season last year with an injury. Also, what are we actually going to get with this um Joe Burrow led offense here. They're still going to have a terrible defense. So that they just throw the ball constantly. We're not hundred percent sure here. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I'm confident that Joe Mixon can get it done here. So I'm going to go with him at number six, but he slides into number eight consensus. All right. Now we have number nine here. This is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb slides in at number 10 for me actually gets a boost from Lucas. So this comes down – I mean, Nick Chubb is an absolute beast. If Kareem Hunt was not on the Browns, Nick Chubb's top five easy, I think, for everybody. Kareem Hunt is there. Um, we're going to go over his ranking in just a little bit. But 
I just think that Nick Chubb with Kevin Stefanski is going to get enough work to be top 10 at least. Now, Lucas has him at number eight, so he's even more bullish. They're going to run early and often. All the signs have pointed to the Browns running the ball consistently. Baker Mayfield was not as efficient in his second season as he was as a rookie, so they could temper it back. Jarvis Landry has come back with an injury. He had another operation. He's still healing. He's not going to be ready to go necessarily right off the bat, at least full-time Jarvis Landry. That leads to the running game. I think there's going to be a significant bounce back for Odell Beckham, which we'll contest tomorrow on wide receiver rankings. But nonetheless, I think that helps maybe deep down the field, but not necessarily up over the middle, which is going to be Kareem Hunt and these three tight ends. They brought in another tight end here with Austin Hooper. They draft the tight end as well with Harrison Bryant. Um, they still have David Njoku. They bring in Jack Conklin, who was basically the bulldozer for Derrick Henry for the last couple of years in Tennessee. So, And we know what the Vikings did under Kevin Stefanski last year and the year before that with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. So I think they're going to run a much more efficient offense in Cleveland. They're going to do a run-based offense playing off the play action and trying to get Baker to settle down a little bit and not have to go out there and win games on his own. So I think that there's an opportunity here for the Browns to run often and run um, consistently and efficiently. And therefore Nick Chubb settling in at number nine here as a top 10 running back for us consensus wise. I think he's going to get plenty of work. I love Nick Chubb in the back of the first round. If it goes running back heavy or even on the swing, I think uh, you can easily get Nick Chubb here. If you're in that 10, 11, 12 slot as your RB1 or 2, I'd be happier with him as my RB2 and either getting, what, Devontae Adams, maybe Julio Jones, uh, and then Nick Chubb is a great pair. Or if you're able to get maybe Joe Mixon or even Kenyon Drake, my, maybe Austin Eckler if you're into that, and Nick Chubb I think would be a great combo as well because I think he will be just fine, and he should get enough work in the passing game, although, of course, it's going to be Kareem Hunt. All right, let's go into number 10 here. This is Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake – Number nine for me and number 12 for Lucas. So again, this comes down to me over the back half of the season last year. The Cardinals really were more run heavy than I think people expected and people um, realize, uh, you know, David Johnson as the Cardinals starting running back was a number four running back before he went down with injury. Then they bring in Chase Edmonds off the bench. He has four touchdowns in one game. He gets injured. Then they trade half season through or through the midpoint of the season for for um, excuse me, Kenyon Drake from Miami, who was just rotting under Adam Gase, and and then of course not being used early last year either. He comes in. They finally take the training wheels off, and he beasts up. Right. He gets 800 yards, eight touchdowns in eight games. Now, if you just double all that for a full season. 1,600 yards, 16 touchdowns. That is absolutely beastly. That's going to be top five easy in in, um, in uh, just rushing alone. So I like Derek – or excuse me, Derek Henry. I like Kenyon Drake a lot. I think he's going to progress in year two here under Cliff Kingsbury and in this offense that should take a huge leap. I think that the addition of New Hopkins is going to help, just like A.J. Green and Joe Mixon. I think it's going to help bring back that – linebacking core and make it respect the pass a little bit, opening up more lanes here for Kenyon Drake. Eno Benjamin coming in from Arizona State, the rookie and Chase Edmonds will certainly be a factor. They're going to play a little bit, but we saw um, 
really Cliff Kingsbury, for the most part, likes to use a single back system and a lead back system, which you just don't see in the pros that much anymore. So I'm going to ride that. I like Kenan Drake at number nine, and uh, Lucas is fading a little bit number uh, number 12 just because we're unsure about that offense overall, but he slides in to cap out our top 10 consensus. So before I get into 11 and 20, I'll recap our consensus top 10 here for the TCK. That is CMC at one. Saquon and Alvin Kamara basically tied, but we'll give the edge to Saquon at two, Alvin Kamara at three, Zeke at number four, Dalvin Cook, assuming he does not hold out and he comes back healthy, number five. And then we have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, CEH at number six, Derrick Henry at number seven, Joe Mixon at number eight, Nick Chubb at number nine, and Kenyon Drake at number 10. Again, this is full PPR. So I want to just kind of preface that with some of our rankings. All right, let's bust out number 11 through 20, and then I will just kind of cruise through uh, the back half of our uh, top 36 here and just kind of mention a few names. So as we get into number 11 here, this is Austin Eckler. We both have them at 11 and 10, respectively. Now, the only knock on Austin Eckler is simply, can he be as efficient as he was last year? Nearly 1,000 receiving yards last year, right? Incredible. But not over 400 rushing yards. So can he make that happen? Is he going to be as touchdown heavy in this offense with Tyrod Taylor? I don't think so. I just don't. I, I have him in my top 12. He's an RB1 for me because he's you know going to catch so many passes if he stays healthy. But they bring in Joshua Kelly from UCLA, a pounder, should get some goal line work. They have Justin Jackson, who is, in my opinion, equally as talented with the same amount of work as Austin Eckler. But he got injured last year as well. So we never really got that rain. But last year, it was a legitimate committee behind Melvin Gordon until uh, Justin Jackson got injured um, once Melvin Gordon actually came back from holding out in his own right. And it was all Austin Eckler, obviously, uh, to lead the season there. So this is going to be interesting. I am somewhat fading the Chargers offense in general and overall rankings, according to like where their current ADP is. But if Austin Eckler duplicates what he does or even, you know, uh, finishing as a top six running back, would that surprise me? Absolutely not. Uh, if he can stay as efficient as he was last year, I just don't see the offense being as high powered as it was last year with Phillip Rivers. Now I know Phillip Rivers is over the hump, but I do think he is more efficient pushing the ball downfield, keeping drives alive than I think maybe Tyrod Taylor might be this year. Also, uh, this defense is is much improved if they can actually stay healthy finally. So I think they might lean on the run a little bit more. And in my opinion, that does not mean more rushing attempts for Austin Eckler. That means more integration of Justin uh, Jackson and both Joshua Kelly as well, the rookie, to take off those touches from Austin Eckler to keep him fresh for receiving work. So he's going to get plenty of work in PPR, and he should be just fine if he can continue to score I am concerned, though, that he's not going to get the overall volume that we expect from a top-tier running back because of a committee, because of a slower offense, most likely, and probably less points scored. So I'm going to not even fade Austin Eckler too much. I mean, he's still you know top 11 for me, but he's not top 10, and he's not going to be um, because I just have my concerns there. Let's go next is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs at 13 for me, 11 for Lucas. If you listen to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast – just a couple of weeks ago, our buddy Dwayne, uh, aka Dewey's Nuts on Twitter, he'll be 
jumping back onto the program here soon. He was on a family vacation, so we gave him some time as well. We got to get our vacations in before the season starts because y'all know the grind is real once we get started here in a couple weeks uh, full time. But Dwayne and Lucas had their uh, running backs to avoid episode, which I highly recommend. It was a few Mondays ago. Um, Go check that out. It's a great, great episode from a few weeks ago. Um, you can catch everything on the Candlestick Kids uh, podcast network or YouTube as well. So running backs to avoid. And Dwayne broke down and Lucas broke down some running backs. One of those running backs was Josh Jacobs. And it's not that they hate the running back. It's again, in full PPR, you have to take into consideration the lack of receiving work. And the reality is he had 20 receptions last year on 27 targets. That's not going to get it done. We had a buy or sell last week and Lucas and I kind of discussed buy or sell Josh Jacobs with 30 receptions. I bought it because I just don't see how these incredible world athletes don't have at least 30 receptions because they just got to get the ball in the hands. But Lucas made some good points. They have a lot of other receivers. They brought in three receivers this year for the Raiders. They also brought in um, Lynn Bowden Jr., who's kind of that hybrid running back receiver. Uh, But they um, have uh, Jalen Richard as well, who's kind of a pass-catching specialist. So – could Josh Jacobs exceed 20 receptions as uh, you know, no longer a rookie and playing a full season? Absolutely. But again, is he going to get, you know, 40, 50 to make, to break that top 10? I don't see it. So he's going to get a lot of work. If he stays healthy, he should get the goal line work and all these other things, but the Raiders are going to have a lot of mouths to feed there. And I know that John Gruden talks a big game. I could see it happening, but I'm not going to buy it until I see it. So I've got him at 13, just outside of my top 12, but Lucas is drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit more with him at number 11. Nonetheless, I think both of us are not targeting him in our drafts. We just don't think that he would be, he's not the running back in the back of the first early to middle part of the second round that I want stabilizing my running backs core. Um, There's other running backs there that I think have a higher upside in the passing game and also have significant floor on the ground as well. So I'm going to fade Jacobs a little bit, and I'm going to take guys like, you know, Eckler, Chubb, Drake uh, over him, even Miles Sanders, uh, who I'm going to get to next over Josh Jacobs. So kind of a fine line there and and definitely, uh, you know, kind of pulling, pulling teeth a little bit, but I have to go with, uh, have to go with um, Josh Jacobs at number 13, right behind, Miles Sanders, who comes in at number 13 consensus, but he is number 13 for Lucas, number 12 for me. And again, Lucas and I still believe, and I know that Lamar Miller got picked up by the Patriots recently, uh, yesterday as we're recording this. Um, So that is another bullet dodged for Miles Sanders. But again, I'm not 100% sure that they're not going to bring in a veteran. It just makes sense that they would. They also have Boston Scott. They also have Mike Warren, who nobody's paying attention to unless you're in dynasty formats, who was a beast. The dude's a bruiser coming out of Cincinnati, uh, uh, UDFA picked up by the Eagles, undrafted free agent. I think they're going to have a a run for him as well. Uh, Corey Clement is still there, who's not sexy in fantasy, but he's going to get touches one way or another. So Miles Sanders is a special athlete. I think he's great individually. I am not knocking him as a player. This is purely a situation. We know that Doug Peterson, head coach for the Eagles, likes to have multiple running backs. He's done that traditionally. Devonta Freeman is still out there. Okay. Uh, there's old school running backs, you know, that are still on the waivers ish. I don't know. Just thinking of pounders who could help out a little bit. LeGarrette Blunt could come out, you know, knock the dust off, I guess, uh, just in case they need them. Uh, they could go with um, 
you know, somebody like Marshawn Lynch is still out there, came back last year for the Seahawks and produced well. He could come in for a couple of touches a week. I mean, there's some other guys, and, and Lucas and I have talked about some other kind of depth pieces on teams who aren't using utilizing them so much um, in contract situations, and that's Giovanni Bernard for the Bengals. Maybe he, uh, you know, it makes sense for the Bengals to cut him for money. So maybe he goes and finds a place for Philadelphia. Uh, there's also Royce Freeman in Denver who's just collecting dust. I'm biased because I'm a duck and I love Royce Freeman, but he was a prolific running back in the Pac-12 with incredible offenses and one of the best in the country. Comes out, obviously gets, you know, drafted in the third round by the Broncos and then uh, Philip Lindsay comes in and steals his job essentially. So respect to Lindsay, but then they bring in Melvin Gordon. Kind of just a slap in the face there to Royce Freeman. So I think he could find another job as well. Anyway, so far, Miles Sanders is the go-to guy there. Boston Scott did have a great postseason last year, so we'll see what happens. But so far, I've got him in my top 12. If we get through the end of August and we're doing our final drafts and there's still nobody there in Philadelphia with Miles Sanders, I probably will have him crack my top 10, to be honest with you. But if they bring in another option, Devonta Freeman or otherwise, I'm probably going to kick him out of my top 15 at least uh, because I just, as talented as he is, I just don't see it happening for a one-back system there in Philadelphia. Let's go number 14 here. This is Todd Gurley, 14 for me, 15 for Lucas. I think there's going to be a huge, huge bounce back from last year. And Todd Gurley was not even terrible last year. Double digit touchdowns again for the Rams. But he wasn't the number one running back in fantasy football as he was the last two years. So there was kind of a fade there. That being said, I think Todd Gurley is going to be great in this offense. We saw Devonta Freeman, who is as beat up as Todd Gurley, absolutely. And frankly, I just don't think he's talented overall. Um, be you know the number one running back in 2014. He was prolific uh, for quite a few years outside of some injuries there. Um, Todd Gurley could easily have you know 12 to 1500 total yards in even 14 games in this offense. I think that's going to, you know, that's a given. If he plays a full 16, he should have 1,500 plus total yards and double digit touchdowns, I think, pretty easily. Uh, the Falcons like to pass early, they like to pass often, but when they get into the red zone, they generally lean on the running backs, whether that's via the pass or the run to get in the end zone. And we all know that they don't throw it to my boy Julio Jones. And uh, as much as I like Hayden Hurst, I think it'll be looking to the running back first in the red zone, at least on first and second down. So Todd Gurley could absolutely back into, you know, 12 to 1500 total yards. Uh, I think he'll have significantly more than that, but at a, at a floor, I think he'd have 12 to 1500 total yards and then double digit touchdowns. Absolutely. And he could even have, you know, 12 to 13 in this offense. So if he does that, he's going to actually exceed his third, fourth round ADP, um, but I'm going to temper expectations right now just because we're not sure what version we're going to get of Todd Gurley. However, he is definitely one of my value picks right now, especially if I go zero RB-ish. If I go like two wide receivers early and I look at Todd Gurley in the third or fourth round, I think that's a great um, supplement there for that format. And if, if you go RB heavy or maybe you go a running back and a receiver and Todd Gurley is your RB two or even three somehow, man, I think you're you're striking gold absolutely with, you know, again – uh, the number one running back for a couple of years, then still a high end RB two, low end RB one anyway, when he quote unquote busted. Um, so I think we can, we can absolutely get that. And Todd Gurley's not that old. I mean, he's still 25. I mean, I think he's going to be just fine here. So like Todd Gurley a lot coming in at number 14 for us, number 15, Aaron Jones, Lucas and I have Gurley and Jones just uh, flipped basically. So Lucas has him at 14. I've got him at 15. This comes down to regression. That's all it is. Aaron Jones is absolutely a phenomenal running back in this league. He plays in what should be a great offense, but they bring in A.J. Dillon. We all know that. 
Okay. Big bruising, uh, Derek Henry light, if you will, handpicked by Matt LaFleur, who we know coached Derek Henry uh, for the last couple of years in Tennessee before moving over to Green Bay. And this offense wants to be kind of run first and run off the play action with Aaron Rodgers. Um, now, there's an argument with Devin Funches now being out and them losing Geronimo Allison to free agency that, you know, Alan Lazard is the number two on paper, but maybe the second best receiver on the team behind Tay Adams, my dog, is uh, maybe it's Aaron Jones. Uh, very efficient last year. However, 70% or 74%, I believe, 73, 74% of Aaron Jones fantasy pr- uh, production came in weeks five, six, seven, and eight when Devontae Adams was out. Okay, so Devontae Adams suffered that turf toe and that sidelined him for four weeks. Aaron Jones came in during that time. He was the number one receiver, also the number one running back, had all the goal line work, had some huge runs in the past game, big play rushes. So obviously he can do it, but is that going to happen now that Tay is back um, and they have A.J. Dillon in here? I don't think so. Um, I think he's going to definitely come back down to earth. He finishes RB2 last year. I would be shocked if he finishes as a top six. If he finishes top 10, I think he could do that if they don't actually integrate Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon as much as I think they will. But top six or so, unless he has just some incredibly huge games or somebody goes down again this year, I don't see happening. I'm going to kick him out into my 15 range. And again, I just think that there's less passing work there. There's less rushing work. I think that, you know, although he might be the guy in between the 20s, once they get into the red zone, they like to use Jamal Williams out of the backfield in the passing game. They also have A.J. Dillon now on, you know, if Aaron Jones doesn't score on, let's say, first and second goal, Aaron Rodgers likes to throw the ball anyway in the red zone. So if maybe he misses or something, they might have A.J. Dillon come in as a big bruiser to take just even if he siphons what four touchdowns five touchdowns from Aaron Jones that's going to knock him down he had 16 touchdowns last year I just don't see it happening again uh this year so you know let's bump him down to even a modest you know eight to ten that's going to be significantly drop him in the ranking so number 15 Aaron Jones number 16 here James Connor Lucas and I have him back to back again Lucas has him at 16 I've got him at 17 I really like James Conner, and this is a similar situation to Todd Gurley this year. A lot of people are fading him because of the injury concerns and everything else, but frankly, you know, he ha- he's not he's missed less games than Dalvin Cook over the last three years. Okay, Dalvin Cook has missed seventeen. Um, uh, James Conner's missed eleven. Okay, everybody's freaking out about the injury. I get it. Um, also he is again, a cancer survivor. So there was some discussion as to last year, maybe that had to, had to do with it could be an issue this year with the COVID situation. I mean, a guy like James Conner with already a a compromised immune system at some level cannot afford to, um, risk, you know, being out there. If, If he is in contact with anybody, I could see him being shut down for a while in quarantine. So that is a concern, but regular injuries. I mean, we've seen him beasting out. We saw him kind of with that, you know, massive back picture and he looks great. He looks healthy. I think he's going to be fine. And we know that uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to ride a, you know, number one running back as often as they possibly can. Mike Tomlin likes to do that, you know, single back system. So I think that James Conner is definitely that guy as long as he can stay healthy. And I think that'll be minimum the first six games, eight games. And if uh, Big Ben gets them back on track, then that can certainly be an opportunity where James Conner is all of a sudden, you know, maybe a league winner if he can stay healthy with his current ADP and like the you know fourth, fifth round here um, of you know realistic drafts. I think that 
a lot of these mock drafts are getting insane with the amount of running backs going. But if you're in a random home league where people are just picking the pick pretty evenly with positions, I think James Conner's fallen in the fourth, fifth round here, which is great, uh, great value. Um, then I, I, I think that that's a, another great zero RB target here. So I like James Conner a lot. I will be uh, drafting him in, in uh, leagues. I'm not crazy about him as my RB1 just because of the risk, kind of like Todd Gurley. But if he's my RB2 or even RB3, man, I feel like there's great upside. I am building in the risk as far as injuries. So I'm probably going to reach for an Anthony McFarland later in my drafts just to make sure that I've got some security there. But um, I like James Conner a lot. So he slides into our number 16 consensus. Number 17 is Leonard Fournette. Um Number 16 for me, 17 for Lucas. Uh, this is maybe a modest ranking. I don't think Leonard Fournette gets enough respect uh, that he's earned. He's basically been, he's been an RB1 the last three seasons. He was number seven last year with three touchdowns. So let's give him six touchdowns, which he should blow three out of the water, but let's give him six. All right. He would have last year been a top five running back. But he had 100 targets last year and over 70 receptions. I just don't see any, either of those numbers coming in. They bring in Chris Thompson, pass-catching specialist from Washington for years. Jay Gruden likes the new head coach, assuming he coaches with all the scandal happening with the Washington football team that I'm not going to get into. Assuming Jay Gruden actually coaches the team, though, he's going to want to throw the ball quite a bit more. And I just think Chris Thompson, while he's healthy, is going to be that guy. They draft LaVisca Chenault, who is – kind of a Debo Samuel type running back uh, wide receiver hybrid. So he's going to get some more uh, work out of the backfield potentially, but certainly out of the slot. Um, DJ Chark should take another, uh, uh, you know, step forward. They bring in Tyler Eifert, who I know has not been sexy the last couple of years, but let's not forget how dominant he was for Cincinnati for a few years a while back. He looks healthy, played a full 16 last year quietly. So I just don't see the um, the volume will be there for Leonard Fournette. He's one of the rare running backs that you know will get 300-plus carries. But he's not as dominant as Derrick Henry. The offense in general and the offensive line is not as dominant. Um, but he is going to get volume. Now, I just am not sure that he's going to get six to eight touchdowns, which we know Derrick Henry is going to get, to bolster and make up for the lack of pass-catching ability, which I just think Leonard Fournette comes back down to earth with. So I'm going to fade Lenny Fournette a little bit here to uh, number 16, but you know, depending on how the offseason goes, he could, he could hit my top 15 for sure, but I'm going to keep him out of my RB ones for now. All right. Three more names here. And then I'm just going to start rattling off some guys. Number 18 consensus here, Melvin Gordon. I've got him at 19. Lucas also has him at 19. He actually slides in here at number 18 for us, just ahead of David Montgomery. Who's next. Um, now, Melvin Gordon could absolutely blow his ADP out of the water if they ride him as the number one running back. But let's not forget Philip Lindsay coming out of Colorado two years ago, UDFA, came into camp. Nobody knew who he was, beat out my boy Royce Freeman, straight up stole his job, you know, thousand yards rushing. Second year, eh, you know, flash in the pan, probably a fluke, can't do it again, thousand yard rusher. Philip Lindsay is very impressive. He's a great pass catcher. He can run the ball in between the tackles. He can run on the goal line. He can run in between the 20s. I frankly am not sure why of all the scenarios the Broncos could have done in the offseason, they bring in Melvin Gordon. I'm not saying they shouldn't have brought him in because he's a great running back, but Melvin Gordon could have gone to another team where there's no competition. He also 
Um, I think the Broncos could have saved some money and looked elsewhere to bolster that defense or something, maybe the offensive line instead uh, to, to ride with Philip Lindsay and who I think is still a great running back. Um, and that's Royce Freeman here. So kind of a puzzling move by the Broncos in the offseason. But nonetheless, Melvin Gordon comes in. Last year, let's not forget, he held out for the first four weeks. Austin Eckler was the number one running back, crushing by himself in that offense. Melvin Gordon gets afraid of his job, basically, comes back. He was terrible from weeks five to eight, right? And then he finally shook off the rust, and then they kind of evened out over the back half of the season, much like Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb did once they both got going there. So what are we going to get with another timeshare for Melvin Gordon with a guy who has already proven himself for two years with Philip Lindsay? And if they keep Royce Freeman around, he's also a pounder uh, who could get it done on the goal line. Maybe he's also a great pass catcher. He's a bigger back, but a great pass catcher there as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they actually want to do here. So I think that's, that's uh, you know, going to be really interesting to me on how they, uh, how they go about it here. So we'll see what happens. Next up we have, uh, David Montgomery, and then we have a comment in the thread, which I just read, and we will get to because I got one of your guys coming up here at number 20, so stick with us. David Montgomery here at number 19. Now, again, this just comes down to what do we think this Bears offense is going to do this year? 2018, they were actually a pretty high-powered machine, if you want to say that. Mitch Trubisky had his days off, of course, but he actually played pretty well. Um, Let's not forget six touchdowns against the Buccaneers one week. He was on fire. He was actually one of the top-scoring fantasy quarterbacks on a pregame basis. Now, he struggled last year mightily. This entire offense struggled, though. Allen Robinson was a stud, but David Montgomery, who had a great rookie season, but not an incredible season overall, Tariq Cohen took a huge step back last year. They couldn't figure out the tight end situation. Trey Burton fell through the cracks. That wasn't going to work out. They bring in Jimmy Graham. They draft Cole Komet from Notre Dame. We know that um, they're going to want uh, – Matt Nagy is going to want to use a move tight end a la Travis Kelsey, who he uh, coached in Kansas City, um, Zach Ertz as well. But are they going to be able to do that with Jimmy Graham at this point? Nah, I don't think so. Are they going to bring um, you know uh, Shaheen back in the mix? Potentially. He's actually been uh, a nice uh, producing tight end. But Cole Komet is in the mix as well. Now, we know that rookie tight ends usually don't do a lot. Evan Ingram and, and, and Rob Gronkowski are really the two who jumped off the page for an entire season as rookies. But we saw last year, huge game from uh, TJ Hawkinson. We saw a couple big games from Noah Fant. There's some other guys in the mix over the years who have done it from time to time, but not consistently. So I'm not counting on Cole Komet. I'm not counting on uh, Shaheen. I'm not counting on Jimmy Graham at this point. So it's going to have to go through somebody. And I think that could be uh, David Montgomery. I actually want to put him higher. I've got him at 18. Lucas has him at 21. I just don't know how much passing work he's going to get. I think Tariq Cohen's going to bounce back. He was a great uh, receiving running uh, running back two years ago and took a huge step back last year in this offense overall. But with Nick Foles and even Mitch Trubisky, who I don't think Nick Foles is that much better than Mitch Trubisky, to be perfectly honest with you, if you com- compare both guys on a per-game basis, I mean, Nick Foles is maybe better than Mitch Trubisky by a point and a half or so per game. I mean, this, Mitch Trubisky has been fine. He adds a little bit of that running element. He just has to, you know, kind of mature as a quarterback in general. He's like a uh, poor man's Josh Allen kind of at this point, I think, but he would be fine. Nick Foles, I just don't think is that special outside of the postseason with Philadelphia. He's been pretty terrible or average at best, I would say at this point of his career. So I like David Montgomery. I want to put him higher. I love the talent. I love his ability individually. I think he's a great uh, kind of again, 
uh, zero RB target in the fifth, sixth round here, and a great RB2, RB3 if you go heavy on wide receivers or punt running back. Um, but I just am not sure what this uh, Bears offense is going to be, so we're going to fade just a little bit more. All right. Now we are going to jump into this last guy here that I'm going to break down in depth, and then I will jump into this question here. The CB underscore kid, I appreciate you jumping in. Thank you so much. That question is, we have Jones, Connor, or Carson. I'm going to answer that question here in just a little bit. So I am going to break down Chris Carson first, and then I'm going to get to this question here. And then we say, uh, who plays non-PPR punt RB? Question mark. I totally agree here. But some people are still doing it. So let's bring up um, Chris Carson first, and then I'm going to get to this question here of Aaron Jones, James Conner, or Chris Carson. So uh, CB Kid, please drop in the comments here which format you are asking about. That'll help me out just a little bit more while I get to it. All right, next up, we do have Chris Carson, number 20. Overall here for the consensus, I have him at number 20 total. Lucas has him down at number 23. For me, the Seahawks, I think, will take a step forward in the passing game. I love DK Metcalf this year, of course. Tyler Lockett's incredibly efficient. Russell Wilson is going to be just fine. They do want to throw the ball more, but they're still going to rely on the run. Now they bring in Carlos Hyde, who I think is just kind of an older version of Chris Carson at this point. Similar running back, can catch a little bit can definitely run the ball in between the tackles and break a few big runs and work on the goal line. But in my opinion, we know that that even through his troubles, his fumbling troubles and whatnot, injuries, Pete Carroll loves Chris Carson. He's going to continue to ride him as he can. So I think that because Rashad Penny is on the pup list now officially, I think Carlos Hyde is going to take more of a Rashad Penny mix, you know, mix up the pace, change of pace back more so than like, a replacement for Chris Carson. Chris Carson should still get early downs back and even three uh, third down, depending on where they're at. And I like to throw to him a little bit. So I like Chris Carson a lot. Great bruising running back and definitely have a couple of big games, but he's the type of guy where he's, he's reliant on volume. He's reliant on touchdowns. He's not going to have a lot of big games per se, unless he has 20 touches and he's not going to have a lot of big runs for touchdowns. So he's in kind of that middle RB two version for me, but um, I do like Chris Carson a lot. Now, let's get back to this question here, and let me just read this here real quick, and we'll bring it up. Okay. Great. So I'm going to bring this up here. So the question, here's the question. I appreciate you participating, CB Kid. Thank you so much. And this is, you know, again, I... Uh, appreciate you jumping in and I want uh, other people to participate moving forward. So as we have episodes here and you tune in daily from six to seven Eastern on the twitch.tv slash Chris Landry uh, football channel here on Twitch, please make sure you drop in your, your uh, questions and I will get through them. It's a little bit tougher to get to all of them as I'm rolling solo, but when Lucas and I are here and we're firing on all cylinders, it's a little bit easier. So the question is Jones, Connor or Carson. So he's got the second pick out of 12 trying to project my first three rounds, okay? So we're thinking Saquon, Connor, Jones, if he can get him, and then Gurley potentially, or Carson if Gurley is gone. So I like that a lot. So let's talk through this a little bit here, and I'll get to the rest of these rankings. So on straight rankings in full PPR, again, that's what I'm discussing now. So if you're you're in full point PPR, two running backs, one flex, love it. So in full PPR, I'm going to go with, as I just mentioned, I'm going to go with Jones, 
then Connor, and then Carson. I do like Jones the most because, again, I think he's going to have the highest receiving floor, as we saw last year. He was incredible. If Tay Adams does happen to go down or Lazard goes down, I think Jones is going to be used as kind of a hybrid second-tier wide receiver there. And we saw last year he's incredible. So I do like Jones for sure ahead of Carson. But Carson kind of has sneaky receiving ability, so I think those are great as well. Car- um, or I'm sorry, Connor is what I meant secondly. Carson – I like him a lot as a running back and a stable RB2 if you go running back heavier, RB3, but he's not going to have that wider, you know, that that receiving floor. So I do like Jones for sure. I do like Carson. Now you have number two out of 12. So, okay, you go Saquon. Let's, let's just assume Christian McCaffrey's taken first overall. You go Saquon. Again, CB kid, if, if you if you didn't catch the the beginning of this episode, I personally would actually go Alvin Kamara over Saquon Barkley. I'm not going to get back into it now because we've already kind of dove into that. I'm kind of, I've got about 10 minutes left in the program, but I personally would probably go with Saquon, or I'm sorry, Alvin Kamara over Saquon Barkley in a full PPR league. Dial back after this episode, archives, check in on the podcast, check in on the network, and uh, re listen to why I would break that down for Alvin Kamara over Saquon Barkley. But If you go Saquon or Alvin Kamara, nonetheless, that's your first pick. After that, Jones may still be around. You have the pick 23, I see there, and then the 31, even over Zeke. Correct. Yes, I will pick my my rankings again, and you can go back and listen. Again, our CMC, Alvin Kamara, then Saquon, then Dalvin Cook, and then Zeke. I've actually got Zeke number five in full PPR, assuming Dalvin Cook comes in full strength. So you can dial back and check that out for yourself. I don't want to spend too much more time on that. But I would go with Saquon um, or Alvin Kamara, again, at your number two. I think that's great. That's a great stable running back. Then, honestly, you may be able to still get Aaron Jones at pick number 23. It's going to be tough, especially in a full PPR. But if people start going, I mean, let's talk about, you know, Kelsey and Kittle could go in that mix. Depending on your league, it might even be Lamar and Mahomes might go in that mix, which is going to kick some of those running backs back a little bit. So if you can go Aaron Jones, I think that'd be a great second running back there. If not, Connor would be just fine. And again, as I mentioned, I love Gurley here over Carson for sure. And Gurley and Connor are kind of back and back with me. I would go with Gurley over Connor um, because I just think this offense in Atlanta is going to be incredible and they're going to ride Gurley as long as he can. So I know it's a long-winded answer, man, but uh, I do like it. Um, (laughs) I do appreciate that. Yep. Yep. True. Uh, Zeke did get uh, already got the COVID. uh, So it looks like he's good for 16 weeks. I hear you. I understand all that. Um, Again, I I broke it down in the beginning of the episode. So I really encourage you to do that because I'm going to move on here. But um, if everybody plays 16 and we're talking full PPR with the lack of competition in Minnesota for Dalvin Cook, the lack of competition for targets and work for New Orleans with Alvin Kamara, and also I think just Saquon Barkley is the focal point of that offense, I'm not sure that Zeke Elliott the necessarily game-to-game is the focal point of that Dallas offense. Obviously, he's a beast, totally uh, totally uh, beasting out. He's the man. But they got three great receivers here and Dak Prescott himself who can run the ball within the red zone and maybe snipe a couple of those um, uh, touchdowns. Also, let's not forget about Tony Pollard, who is an absolute animal as well. So I like it, but uh, I'm going to move on, man. I really appreciate CB. Thanks so much for jumping in, man. That's really the first kind of interaction we've had over the last first uh, six episodes. So I encourage you, man, to jump back tomorrow, check in our, our wide receivers and our tight ends on Thursday, and uh, drop me a couple questions, man. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot for uh, doing that. And make sure, CB, you go and um, follow us at uh, on Instagram at Fantasy Football. 
underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can grab our draft guide as well at uh, TCKpod.com. So I appreciate your participation. CB kid, thank you so much, man. And best of luck uh, with your drafts coming up and feel free to to jump back in. So uh, I would go Jones, Connor and Carson, but if I could, I would go Alvin Kamara over Saquon Barkley. I would go with Aaron Jones over Connor, and then I would go with Gurley over Connor as well. But Connor and Carson would be just fine as well if the rest of those guys are gone. All right, man. Thanks again for the participation. I really appreciate you jumping in. Well, I'm going to blaze through the rest of these 36 here really quick. Just throw out a bunch of names at you. I got about five more minutes in the program. Just some names here. So we've got Le'Veon Bell. I've got him at 21. And then I've got uh Taylor, Jonathan Taylor at number 22. I want to put Taylor heavy or higher. I'm just not sure what they're going to do here in this offense off the bat. Now, midseason, I think Taylor runs away with this backfield, but ranking preseason and how I'm going to draft them, it's hard for me to put him over established running back. So I've got him at number 22, and uh, Lucas actually um, has him at number 24, so he's fading him a little bit more even. So I like that. I've been loud and clear on my networks for a long time about Le'Veon Bell. Until he is out of a Jets uniform, I am not drafting Le'Veon Bell, period, unless he's in like the sixth round, which he just won't be, unless he's my RB3 or 4, which he won't be. I just don't want to bank on the volume. I understand he's steady. I know he's going to get the volume. He's, quote, unquote, in the best shape ever, whatever. I get all that. I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm not buying it. I think there's low touchdown upside here in the floor. I can just get elsewhere. So I'm going to pass on Lev. Then we got our boy James White, who we love here on the program at number 23. David Johnson down at 24 for me, number 24. Lucas, I think we're lower than most people in the industry on David Johnson specifically. But again, it just comes down to what are we going to actually get? What are we going to see in this new offense? What are we going to see with these new receivers? I mean, it's going to be interesting. And how do they use David Johnson and Duke Johnson? So we'll see what happens there. But honestly, I don't know. I'm a little bit, uh, you know, confused myself. So we'll have to just see how DJ works out. Not reaching for him, but if I were to get him again as my uh, RB3 or 4, I think that's a great value there. Mark Ingram at 25. I love him so much. And I love J.K. Dobbins as well. But again, I think there's going to be a timeshare there. It should be Mark Ingram early and often early, but then J.K. Dobbins is going to creep. They still have Gus Edwards, um, who I think is going to be a factor. They also have Justice Hill, so and not to mention Lamar Jackson himself getting 1,200 rushing yards. So, you know, Mark Ingram had 15 touchdowns last year, five receiving. I just don't see that happening again. So I'm going to fade him a little bit. But again, if he's your RB three or four, and you have a nice steady. Um, uh, stable of backs and wide receivers, even an early round quarterback or tight end, and you are in the sixth round. Mark Ingram, I think, is a great value there. Raheem Mostert, same thing for the 49ers. I think he's going to be great. He was an excellent, excellent running back over the back end, a top running back over the back half of the year last year. Of course, we saw what he did in the playoffs, namely against the Packers, absolutely beasting out. They finally signed this contract. He's not just a special teamer anymore. He's a legitimate running back on the team. I think he'll be just fine. We know that... Um, Basically, his only competition, there's Tevin Coleman, who I don't think anybody other than Kyle Shanahan thinks is actually good. So I think uh, Raheem Mostert's totally better than him. And then uh, Jarek McKinnon, who has been injured the last two seasons, and even his time with Minnesota behind uh, Adrian Peterson, just I just don't – I'm still upset that the 49ers got Jarek McKinnon because I just don't understand why they spent the draft – or the, the capital on on getting that. So um, anyway, I think, I think it'll be uh, – Interesting to how they actually, you know, deal with uh, Jarek McKinnon, but I think Raheem Mostert is easily the most talented back in that um, 
backfield. They also have Jeff Wilson Jr., um, who's been on the COVID IR so far, but he should be fine. And then two uh, UDFAs as well, Hasty and uh, Ahmed as well. All right, then we have Kareem Hunt at number 27 for me. Kareem Hunt is number 29 for Lucas. Now, I think this would be interesting because we did a buy or sell for Kareem Hunt as a top 24 back last week. We both bought it. I think he finishes as an RB2, but I don't think I can draft him that way because of this offense. Again, I get it, full PPR. I think he would be a great RB2 or RB3 if he goes zero RB, but I need to see that he is going to have full workload um, in this offense. Now, of course, he's you know the most valuable handcuff with value himself if Nick Chubb were to go down in this offense, so maybe just take a stab on him. I also would not be opposed to doing Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the top maybe seven rounds if I got that value, just to have them both. But I'm going to fade them just a little bit until we figure it out. Rounding out for me, it's DeAndre Swift at 18. Then we have Akers at number 29, the two rookies. Again, I just am not sure what these committees are going to do. Carry on Johnson um, in uh, in Detroit. And then, of course, the two Rams, um, Daryl Henderson and uh, Malcolm Brown there for the uh, Rams. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Lions, excuse me, for uh, DeAndre Swift and on Johnson. Then we have Devin Singletary. Love the talent, but Zach Moss is going to be beasting up here. Um, and then we have Ronald Jones for the Buccaneers. Like the talent, just not sure what he's actually going to be able to do. Jordan Howard slides in at number 33 for me. I think the volume is going to be awesome. He was uh, really, he was pacing the Philadelphia backfield. And Miles Sanders wasn't really a thing last year with uh, Jordan Howard ahead of him until he got injured. So I like Jordan Howard a lot as a kind of a deeper, you know, RB4 play, uh, zero RB target again. J.K. Dobbins, again, I would have him much higher. I just think it's going to be Mark Ingram early, but I love J.K. Dobbins, and I'm reaching to get him wherever I can. And then Marlon Mack and Philip Lindsay, again, kind of timeshare. Could be the starter to start the season, but then might be the backup eventually, 35 and 36. All right. That is a lot of information here. I got one more question. CB Kid, let me get to you real quick. I got one minute, man, 30 seconds. Did I miss David Johnson? Uh, I was thinking Johnson and Bell at the fifth round. Uh, worth taking the fourth running back. Again, I would take Le'Veon Bell probably for the volume, but David Johnson I think has more upside in that offense. Both risky for me. I'm going to probably fade both of them, to be honest with you. But CB, I know you got more questions, man. I can feel it. I got about 30 seconds left in the program. I'll tell you what. Why don't you hit me up in Instagram, at fantasy football underscore TCK pod or on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Let me know that you hit me up in this Twitch channel, man. I will get back to you direct and answer any other questions you have there, but I got to get out of here. I appreciate y'all. It's a lot of information. Those are our consensus top 36 running backs. Lucas is out for this week with some, you know, again, power outages and, and uh, connection problems, but he'll be back soon tomorrow. Good friend of the podcast and a returning guest now to the Landry team and the TCK pod. Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. Coming up tomorrow, we'll be talking about our wide receiver rankings. Jump in every day, Monday through Thursday from 6 to 7 Eastern, and jump into our uh, comment section as CB Kid did today, and we can jump in and get your questions answered. That's twitch.tv slash Football, and you can find every avenue here at LandryFootball.com. You can find the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Please leave a rate and review. Hit the heart below. Give us a, uh, a subscribe. Leave us a comment. Let us know. You can give us any feedback. We appreciate it as we build the brand here on the Landry Football team. And make sure that you give us a subscribe on YouTube as well. And, of course, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And last but not least, go get yourself a draft guide. Again, just 5 bucks for the preseason draft guide, 5 bucks for the in-season draft guide. You can find those at tckpod.com.
www.thinkandgrowthpodcast.com. A lot of information for you. Appreciate you sticking around. Have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow on Wednesday with Chris Benavides stopping in from the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. This has been another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Tomorrow, we got wide receiver rankings. We'll catch you then. For my usual podcast host, Lucas Kaser, I am your host, Sky Guasco, and I am out of here.